Hey, welcome to the C3 Auckland podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, head to c3church.org.nz. We hope you enjoy this message. So we are looking at Never Eat Alone. So I thought, well, how do you become the kind of compelling person that other people want to eat with? How do you become like this magnetic kind of Christian that people want to be around and people want to hang with you? I, and, I, and I just came to this conclusion. The more of the anointing of the Holy Spirit we carry, the more we will have to give out to other people, Christian and unsaved, non-Christian and Christian. So tonight I want to talk to you about the anointing. So get ready to take some notes to capture the thought, apply the principle, and reap the benefits. And just before you start taking notes, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you would have looked better with an extra hour's beauty sleep. (laughs) Well, I am here to tell you tonight that you need more of the anointing in your life. And so do I. And I'm talking about carrying the presence of God. I've got a bit of oil here. It's not whiskey. (laughs) It's in my little hip flask. No, it's oil. It's oil. And this is a symbol of the anointing. A symbol of oil is a symbol of the anointing in the Bible. And in Bible times, you know, their hygiene was not what it is today. And they used to anoint themselves with oil. You know, like now you might spray a bit of lynx or exit mold or something like that. But they had, you know, they had oil back then to make themselves smell pretty. Forget the lynx, they had oil. And they used to anoint themselves with oil afresh daily. But, you know, old oil, after a while, it starts to lose its fragrance and it blends in with the bodily aromas of your own sweat and it doesn't smell so good. So you need fresh oil. And the Old Testament talks about fresh oil. And we need to keep getting more of the Holy Spirit's fresh oil on us so that we can become the kind of person that people want to eat with. Christian and non-Christian. We need fresh oil daily. Otherwise, the aroma of our own flesh or our flesh nature, our sinful nature, starts to take over. So we need to be living out of a fresh anointing, a today relationship with the Lord. We need to have a now walk with Jesus. Not a historical walk. Not just, oh, you're back in the day walk. Not just, yeah, youth camp memories, hallelujah walk. We need to have a now walk with God. Now, we can sense, you know, we can sense when someone has a strong anointing on their lives. You know, we can say, oh, there's the anointing. There it is. There it is. Like you're just trying to find it so you don't miss it or anything. But, you know, people carry and anointing, it's invisible, but it's a, a real thing. It's spirit. And we can't see spirit because we're talking about carrying the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, on our lives. And maybe you see someone and you haven't seen them for a while. And you can tell whether they have increased in the anointing or decreased in the anointing. You can tell whether they're carrying more of the anointing than they used to or less. Sometimes, you know, I've met someone and I see them years later and I think, man, what happened to them? They used to be so full of the Holy Spirit's fire and now they're just full of it. 
belligerent. It's like the engine of their spirit is seizing up. You can hear the sound of metal clanging, criticism, complaining, cynicism. And you're thinking, come on, quick, let's get some more oil over here. We need a bit of fresh anointing. And I've heard Pastor Phil Pringle say that our spirit is like an engine and it runs smooth, baby, when it's got some oil on it. But when it hasn't had any oil for a while, it can start to seize. And you get that mental on mental sound. You can hear it. You can hear the clanging and grinding of conflict happening. Everything flows better with some more oil. Your connect group relationships will flow better when you carry more oil of the Holy Spirit. Your marriage will be better when you carry more of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on your life. You'll even enjoy your kids more. You'll be a blessing to all you work with. You'll have more joy. You'll be fun to live with again. You will be a delight to all. Tell the person next to you, sounds like you could do with a bit of that. You know, when we carry more of God's anointing on our lives than we used to before, it shows because we are spiritually stronger than we used to be. We can actually carry more than we used to carry. Things that used to tire us and weary us no longer do. And we are more than equal to tasks that we used to fear and dread. Things at work that seemed daunting to you now are nothing, man. You just eat them for breakfast because you've got strong and the anointing. Now, you can't see the anointing, it's invisible, so you can't flex in front of the mirror like some of you guys do because you can't see it, but you can notice it because you're walking in a strength, a spiritual strength you haven't had before. So let's put up our first scripture, Isaiah 10, 27. Are you getting ready for the Holy Ghost to move in this place? He's going to move in this place very soon. And the new, here's the new King James, Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. Now, a yoke, not an egg yoke. A yoke, one of those wooden oppressive beams that they would put um, on the shoulders of two cows or two oxen in Bible times still now in developing nations and places to force them to work together. They would go together under this wooden yoke, go along and like pull a plow, plow a field, something like that. So this is a symbol here. The yoke is a symbol of enemy oppression. It's an analogy here. So the good news is that the anointing breaks the yoke of the devil. It breaks the power of the devil. The anointing destroys every yoke, every burden that the enemy tries to put on us, on our shoulders. Some people are walking around with burdens of debt, burdens of disease, burdens of pain, burdens on their shoulders of relationship breakdown. But the anointing can break the power of those over our lives. You know, in the Greek, the anointing, it says that it means charisma. It's often translated unction in the King James Bible. The word anointing, interestingly enough, can also be translated fat. 
the NIV, the yoke will be broken because you have grown so fat. Some people just woke up right now, right then. What? Is she calling me fat? Some people freak out when I say the word fat. It's the F word. We're talking about spiritual fatness here, so relax, okay. And it is referring right here to how the anointing makes us bigger. The anointing makes us enlarge. Now, I know that fat is a bad word in our Western society. And we're trying so hard not to be fat that we're taking the fat out of almost everything. And now we have diet versions of many foods. We even have 99.9% fat-free mayo. It's full of sugar, but hey, it's fat-free. We have diet fizzy full of chemicals called artificial sweetener, which will most likely kill you quicker than sugar. But hey, it's diet. Oh, yes, we have been socially conditioned into choosing the diet option. But I want to tell you tonight, don't choose the diet option when it comes to the anointing. We want the full fat of the anointing. Let's not water it down here. Let's not tone it down to be socially acceptable and politically palatable. No! We want the whole deal. We want the full fat of the anointing. Now, why would someone choose the diet option over the real thing? It's certainly not for taste. They chose the diet option because they think it will make them look good. Be slimmer or more attractive or more appealing to others. We can even be like this with the anointing. Well, don't give it to me straight, you know. Just tone it down a bit. Can we just dilute it down so it's not quite as potent? Because I don't want to look silly. And, you know, I'm choosing the diet option here because I want to look good. And I want to remain dignified in the presence of others at all costs. I don't want to have to have one of those modesty blankets made of polar fleece put over me. Because I fall on the floor when nobody pushes me. You know, that anointing, that anointing is a power brew, man. It's powerful. It might make me fall over or, or laugh when nothing's funny or cry when nothing's sad. And I don't cry in front of others because my mascara might run and my makeup will be ruined and I don't want to look undignified. I want to look good in front of others, so I'll just take the diet option. But how dare we try to dilute the anointing? I say, give it to me raw. Give it to me straight. Don't water it down. Give it to me just the way God gives it. He gives it to us. Pure. Give it to me the way God gives it the full fat. We want the power of God. We don't want some toned down, socially acceptable diet version. We want the full fat of the anointing. Tell the person next to you, I'm choosing the full fat option. (laughs) Do you know the anointing will enlarge you spiritually? The anointing of the Holy Spirit is conducive to growth. It makes you bigger than any burden you can bear. It makes us outgrow any problem we encounter. The picture here in the scripture in Isaiah is us going so big and fat and so anointed that we get bigger than the yoke that is on our shoulders so it just snaps 
right off. The problem which oppressed us and restricted us is now nothing to us because the anointing has made us bigger than it is. That burden that used to weigh us down because it was so heavy on our shoulders, but now we've grown so big and fat and strong with the anointing that we can crush that burden and throw it off in Jesus' name. God wants us to grow and enlarge under the power of His anointing, reaching our full potential, carrying a full measure of His power. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit gets on us as we spend time in His presence. The anointing is transferable. It's tangible. It can get in your clothes. It got in Jesus' clothes. One lady was healed just by grabbing the hem of His robe. It got in Peter's shadow. And Paul, he would lay hands on a hanky. In today's world, it might be a tissue. And healing anointing would get on it. And then they'd take that little tissue or hanky and lay it on a sick person and they'd be healed. Because the anointing of the Holy Spirit is real. It has substance. And it's like a perfume in a way because we start to smell like what we've been around. If we hang out in the presence of God, His anointing gets on us and others notice. They get a whiff for the presence of God when we come near them. And they're like, oh, what are you wearing? And it's like, it's the presence of God. (laughs) Do you like it? You can have some too. Man, I like to wait on the Lord in my prayer times. I like to just walk around my room praying in tongues. And then after I've prayed in tongues for at least five minutes, I feel like I'm, I'm in the presence of God and I feel like I know how to pray. And I wait on the Lord, and I like to wait on the Lord in this corner. Because, you know, if the weight of the presence of God gets on you, you can't stand up anymore. The walls will catch you in the corner. It's a great thing. But I can feel the weight of His presence and His anointing on me. We can feel the presence of God. He's not a philosophy. He's not, he's not only an atmosphere. He is real. And we need to carry more of the anointing than we think we need. Now I'm going to read to you a scripture, and it's a a parable that Jesus told of the ten bridesmaids. And it's coming up here, Matthew 25, 1 to 13. At that time, in fact, I'll I'll just read it from here, it might be a bit different from there. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil and jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. But at midnight, the cry rang out, Here's a bridegroom! Come out to meet him! Then all the bridesmaids woke up and trimmed their lamps and got them going. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil! Our lamps are going out! No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins, sorry, bridesmaids who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. So we know that oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit in this parable. The bridegroom, we know that's Jesus. Now the ten bridesmaids, or in older translations like King James says virgins, they are pure. 
They are clean. They're born again. They're a picture of us, the redeemed, disciples, the church. They were all waiting for Jesus to come back. They're all waiting for the bridegroom. So they're all followers of Jesus, but half of them were dumb. Half of them were stupid. It doesn't say half were good and half were bad. It says half were wise and half were foolish. They all had their lamps burning for Jesus. This little light of mine. Sing it with me. I'm going to let it shine. Okay, that's enough. We could cut an album. C3 Auckland sings. They were all carriers of the light waiting for Jesus to come. But half of them did not last the distance. All 10 were chosen, but only five were prepared. Half of them putted out before their journey was done because they did not have enough oil stored up. They did not have enough anointing stored up in their lives. So their lamps went out. Their love for Jesus, their light went out. And when Jesus came, they were not ready. When Jesus came, they were in darkness. Now, we all know people who started this journey of following Jesus with us way back in primal or back in the day. But somewhere along the way, their light has gone out. And now they're not here. And now they're nowhere. They were not able to sustain the journey to the end. Jesus wants us to learn something from these foolish bridesmaids, these dumb Christians who did not make it a priority to get extra oil. Oh yeah, they had just enough oil for now. They had just enough oil to keep their light shining for now. They had just enough oil to look the part for now. But they made no provision for the future. They made no investment to keep their light going for the long term. They had just enough to get by mentality. Well, I'll have just enough oil to keep my light shining and looking good. And I'll do just enough to keep Jesus happy and stay in his good books. And I'll just come to church once a month so I stay on the roll as a regular. And I'll just read my Bible now and then so it won't look too dusty. And, and you know, I'll just do God a favour and spend five minutes in prayer with him once a month. Hey, we don't have to spend time with the Father. We get to. It's a privilege. These dumb bridesmaids, these foolish Christians, thought that the bridegroom wouldn't be long. They thought, oh, Jesus will be coming back soon. I don't have long to go here. They thought God would come through in their timing. But Jesus took longer to come through than they thought he would. Have you ever had that happen? Come on, God. Where are you? I mean, I've been praying for this for years. He didn't do it in the way they thought he would. In the timing, they thought he would. And they did not have enough oil, enough anointings to sustain their light for long enough. So their lights went out. And they were in darkness. They thought they had it all planned out. But it did not go the way they had thought. Hey, we serve Jesus. He doesn't serve us. We follow him. He doesn't follow us. We don't tell him what to do. He tells us what to do. And we work in with his timing because he is the sovereign Lord. Now, these foolish Christians, these dumb brides, bridesmaids ran out of time. They did not make it a priority to get oil when they could have. And they chose to spend their time and money pursuing other things. But the wise Christians spent their time and money on getting extra oil. 
extra anointing on their lives that the band could come, please. The wise ones made provisions to keep their light burning. They knew that the most important thing of all is to keep their lights, their love for God burning to the end, no matter how long it takes. We've got to keep our lights burning. Don't ever let your light get so low. The oil gets so low that your light goes out. Do you know in the Old Testament, it was the priest's job in the temple to keep the lights burning before the Lord. They were never allowed to let them go out. It was imperative the lights in the temple never went out. The most important priority for you and I today is to keep our lights burning. This is more important than anything else we can ever attend to. More important than where you're going for your summer holiday. More important for, than paying off your mortgage. More important than choosing what career you're going to do when you go to uni. More important than your next meal. Whatever happens, don't let your light go out. These dumb Christians were surprised when their light went out. They went into panic mode. They begged others to give them some of their oil, some of their anointing. Help! Give me some of your anointing, please. Quick, text in a press prayer request right now to the church. Get the pastor on speed dial. Lay hands on me. Pray for me. Intercede for me. Help me. Counsel me. Cast something out. I need the anointing and I need it now. But you can't get it from anyone else. You have to go to the source. That's what it says. You have to go to the source. It's God. You have to get it from God. There's a cost to getting the anointing of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's going to cost you in time. It's going to cost you in hunger. Verse 9, they were directed to the source to go and buy some for themselves. You can't take someone else's anointing. You can't take it. You can't steal it. You have to get your own. There are no shortcuts. It involves waiting on the Lord, worshipping Him, praying to Him. These dumb Christians have not done that. They didn't want to spend any more money than they had to on oil. They didn't want to spend any more time either. They had other priorities and they did not want to pay the cost. But then suddenly they were face to face, kanohi kita kanohi, with Jesus, and they weren't ready. We're all going to stand face to face with Jesus one day. Whether that's when He splits the sky and comes back in the clouds, or whether we die and go to be with Him before then, but we will all stand face to face with Jesus Christ. And at that moment, our light had better be shining brighter than it ever has before. That is not the time to run out of oil and have your light go out. That is not the time to be plunged into darkness like these ones were. Jesus shut them out. He shut the door on them. He said to them, I don't know you. They started strong, but they couldn't finish the journey. They backslid along the way because they weren't prepared for the long haul. They ran out of oil. It's no use trying to get spiritual at the last hour. We've got to get spiritual now. 
We've got to get the anointing of the Holy Spirit on our lives now, stronger than ever before. The Lord doesn't want us only to finish the journey. Uh, sorry, He doesn't want us to just finish the journey. He wants us to finish strong. Helping others finish as well with our lights burning bright so others can see that light and be drawn out of darkness. The ones who lasted the journey here and were ready when Jesus came back were the ones who had extra oil. More of the Holy Spirit's anointing on their lives than they thought they needed at the time. That stored it up by being in His presence. That stored it up in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more about our church or to find out what's coming up, check out c3church.org.nz.